0: holiday I'm stepping in for Jenny Anderson who's the curator of this series. Jenny was not able to be here and uh, I was honored and thrilled to receive her invitation to take her place. The the topic of the series Regenerative Communities is very close to my heart. I've been focused for the past 20 years on uh, what I call thriveability, that I think is probably a synonym for regeneration, exploring how do we align with uh, life and create the fertile conditions for life to thrive within our organizations and communities. So I was um, very eager to be part of this series. I've been a a featured guest in the past, and when I saw um, the three speakers that Jenny had gathered, uh, it was a very easy yes. These are Three people who I already knew, in fact, and uh, some more than others, each remarkable in their own ways, each coming from different angles and different parts of the world, but uh, with a clear common thread that I, I think it'll be fascinating to explore and discover together over the next hour. Our challenge. Before I I turn the microphone over to each of them to introduce themselves, I want to sort of frame the intention and and the the challenge that we're taking on over the next hour. Each of these people has enough wisdom and experience and uh, rich stories to fill their own webinar and more, and yet uh, what we are Uh, after over this this next hour is to discover the intersection to discover the the richness and insights and um, sparks that exist where these three voices and perspectives come together and i think of it kind of like an escape room you know where you have you're, you're, you're together in a, a confined space and you have an impossibly short amount of time to unlock the, the codes and the clues and and find the treasure so we're going to be following the 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 breadcrumbs that Jenny has left for us, which with her very rich question around uh, how do we design uh, resilient islands of sanity so before we get into the question, I'd like to invite our three guest speakers to uh, to introduce themselves by sharing how each of you uh describes your connection how do you describe your connection to this concept of regenerative community and i'd like to start with servan if you don't mind so servan would you oh
1: um, hello everyone hello hello people wherever you are in the world <laughs> uh, personally i'm in london and um, it's um, it's a pleasure to be here so um i've uh 20 years ago, I started a community called Ogunte. And so I'm not going to go through all this 20 years right now. I'm going to be very succinct. Um, it's a community and a, that uh, intended to support social change, so uh, social environmental change, and whichever format it came about. And very rapidly, this community um, um, it morphed itself into a, a woman-led community, a woman-led uh, social entrepreneurship community. And that was very interested. It was, there was no intention of being gender focused uh, by all means at the beginning, but then the community shaped itself and found itself a home and that I've been supporting this community uh, all these years. And the connection that I have with their regenerative community, it comes from a different, from various angles, um, connected through through, uh, people that support social entrepreneurs uh, or activists, who are very involved in the topic itself so i've learned a lot from them and uh, and also my own desire to uh, build participatory systems and and sometimes that that is this thing that connects me back to um to the experts in the regenerative community so i come from a sort of very different angle um maybe from all the um the, the, the experts that are on the panel so um i'll probably bring in some maverick thoughts <laughs> And uh, or or and uh, but I probably will be asking a lot of questions too, um, you know, in return. As in, that's my way to participate as well, asking questions.
0: Fantastic! Thank you very much, Stefan. Could we go next to Jody, and would you say a few words and share a story if you like about how how you describe your connection with regenerative community?
2: Yes. Uh, hello. Um, I'm. Like to say first of all, thank you for having us here, everybody. Um, I'm I'm in Istanbul, um, and I've been living in Turkey for 30 years. And I think um, uh, my relationship with this with this process is is a relatively new one, I would say. Um, in fact, in one of my early conversations with with Jenny Jenny Anderson, I remember confessing that I was a reluctant uh, change maker, and I think uh, it it evolved as I realised that maybe being you know, taking on the role as a change maker per se was where the problem was. Working together with community um, and working in it uh, without going on he- head in with this kind of idea that you are there to make change it was where I had the uh, I had the mistake. So, what's occurring for me is, is I suppose, in different arenas because I, I work in at various scales. So, one of the projects I'm working on at the minute is is, is quite a big one. Um, it's a, a big city expansion and on the other hand, I'm working with small groups of children helping them reconnect with nature or on zero, local zero waste projects and things like that, uh, women's empowerment projects. So there's quite a lot of things I'm working on simultaneously um, and what I find myself doing is kind of almost like throwing out the seeds and seeing which ones take and creating the fertile ground is what I'm trying to do, uh, open up dialogue. And uh, as uh, Servant said, uh, very much asking the questions and um, helping people become uh, more connected to themselves so that they find themselves more able to, to generate uh, the change within themselves without me or others imposing it upon them. So that's kind of my approach. Um, and I'll leave it at that for now. And we'll delve as, as we go along.
0: Thank you. Ben Haggard, would you, would you share your version of that story?
3: Sure, thank you. Um, I'm participating tonight from Berlin, Germany, and uh, I uh, got involved in this whole question of regeneration about 24 years ago when I joined up with a group of friends to form a Regenesis group. Uh, and we have spent the intervening years working on trying to develop both a theory and a practice of regenerative development Uh, So my interest in um, regenerative communities really comes out of having a strong place orientation. Uh, I realized early on that um, a a lot of the change work that was going on in the sustainability movement and other movements uh, was uh, focused more on technique and approaches. I came out of the permaculture movement uh, when I was younger. And um, that uh, regeneration really needed to be grounded in a living, living entity in this case place. And so communities ended up being really central to my work, uh, I discovered. These days I'm mostly focused on education and trying to grow what we're calling communities of practice within communities around the world. So that's how I've gotten involved.
0: What I'm hearing across what each of you has shared is an emphasis on participation and on, I'm looking down at my notes, but on on working with a system and and not on it and working with that, that fertile ground, as you said, Jody, and working not on that, you know, your comment, Ben, on um, shifting from techniques alone, which is kind of a working on a system, almost mechanistically towards working with the living entity. So already we start to hear some of the common threads across how you all approach this idea of regenerative community. And, and, and what I, I know of each of you is that there's a, a focus on creating spaces where people can discover their own voice and the voice of the larger system what what Ben you would call essence and um and where they can together create infrastructures to support that that uh, expression or the potential of the system yeah so it's it's very interesting to to hear from from quite different perspectives how each of you have uh, kind of common threads of focus so I want to Shift us to the question that has brought us together, this question that originally Jenny has has offered us. Uh, and, and she's asking, How do we design resilient islands of sanity? And I everyone that I've shared that question with kind of laughs and says, Wow, what a what a great question. You know, this is the question of our times that we need to be asking. How do we how do we do that? <laughs> There's so much insanity. And so how, how do we create those islands where we can feel uh, sane and, and whole and, and coherent? And so uh, I wanna reflect on that question a bit before we, we get into the really concrete answers to, to how. You know, It's kind of an action-oriented question. We want to, to have sort of the, the to-do list. Tell me exactly what I should do in order to have that island of sanity. And, and I think we can get there to some degree, uh, and I'll invite you to share some stories of, of um, actions that you may have taken or that you propose others take. But before then I want I want to reflect on the question itself for a bit together. When I first saw this question, I thought, there's so much packed in there. You know I, I want to just explore and reflect on, almost each word how are we ready for how (laughs) are we ready to to jump to action or do we need some level of understanding uh, of what the work is and and who we are and uh and what's what what shift in our thinking and our understanding is needed how do we you know and and do we have a, a real clarity about what we mean by we who, who's involved in that we? What's involved in that we? What role does place play in, in we? And, and how will we find clarity about that? How do we design? Is design all that's needed? Or do we also need something like cultivation or discernment or development of will? How do we design resilient? Is resilience all that's needed? You know, what is the the, the work that, that we're after here? What is the... Um, the outcome that we're after certainly resilience is a good thing, and is that different from regeneration? It, it seems that there's a there's something extra involved in regeneration. How do we design resilient islands of sanity? It's such a fascinating phrase, and it comes from a book by Margaret Wheatley, published in 2017, called um, "Who Do We?" and I'm forgetting "Who Do We Choose to Be." <laughs> And she, uh, she wrote this book when she noticed that uh, she and others like her, others like us, were getting burned out and just exhausted in our efforts to change the world. You know, this work of change-making is exhausting. And uh, I think she would say it's ineffective that um, what we really need to do is Uh, do, as Theodore Roosevelt said, do what we can with uh, what we have where we are, to create, as Margaret Wheatley is saying, islands of sanity within reach with the people that we're with and and in the places where we are. So this is where this phrase islands of sanity comes from and even there I want to ask you know what does it mean to create an island and and do we have to understand the relationship that any island and, and margaret wheatley would say it's either ourselves and our integrity or it's the systems that we're part of and so what is our awareness of those relationships and then what does sanity mean <laughs> you know and then the etymology uh relates to to health to santé uh, to wholeness to regenerative capacity to what i would call thriveability. so uh There's just a whole lot in that wonderful question that Jenny offered us. And and so I'd like to invite each of you three to share what's important in this question for you and and, uh, what what in there, you know, sparked your curiosity and your interest in being part of this conversation. And and why don't we go in the reverse order this time? So Ben, I'll start with you.
3: Yeah, it's funny. I had many of the same questions that you did around the question. and uh it's interesting to me that um, the 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 idea of islands of sanity as kind of taking refuge um, uh, is not how i what I associate with regeneration that for me, regeneration has to do with actually um, enabling living things to become themselves, to fulfill their potential. That's inherent for me in the idea of regeneration. And, um, so that it's a very, um, it's a very engaged image that, uh, that the, um, communities that we're working in are, becoming more of themselves so that they actually have more to contribute to the larger systems that they're part of uh, so in that sense i mean that's maybe a way of defining what an island of sanity is you know a, a place a community made up of individuals that uh is clear about uh, who they are and what they have the potential to become um yeah, that's that's probably enough to get started with.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. That's great. We can definitely build on that. How about Jody? Would you share what's your
2: uh, what what drew you in this
0: question, or what does it spark
2: for you? I think um, one of the very the powerful words um, that stood out immediately is we. You know, who who are we? What does we mean? And I think we have to be really careful um when we we step into that arena of assuming we know who we speak to, because there are a lot of uh, minority voices who who find themselves to be very disenfranchised in these kind of spaces, whether it be this webinar here tonight i don 't know what the uh, <laughs> what the demographic is of the of the people i can 't see who else is here um but Um, From some of my experience of of the community, an online community that I'm an admin of, which is quite a substantial number of people, is that we really have to be quite careful to um, really hold space for diversity and for some of the conflict that arises within it and things that you would normally traditionally see as being jeopardizing the potential for sanity within the space and also jeopardizing the safety of the community. Um, But then having said that, if you take those people outside of the the we, of the group, you then are losing your ability to be regenerative because without inclusivity inclusivity and without embracing diversity, you are already making regeneration possible. So there's a bit of a paradox there. Uh, That's the first thing that comes to to mind. The second thing that comes to mind is the, the island itself. I kind of a very visual person, so I immediately assumed the island, and what is the island? In fact, we had this discussion, I think, didn't we, Michelle, you know, what does an island consist of? What, is it, what needs to be there? And how big is it? What is the scale of it? And um, there are many answers to that, so, you know, I won't ponder into it too deeply, except to say that if we uh, are to be resilient, a very powerful word that you just used, and if we are to be regenerative, And if we are to have impact on any scale, whether it be local or global, then we must find ways to truly be a community among ourselves. And I think that's something which is sorely lacking within the um, regenerative practitioners community, if that's what you want to call us, or just within activism or just within Many people were just trying to just move ahead in these times in a in a a proactive way, and I and I think use the term uh, burnout. Um, People do burnout. People get um, exhausted. And I think in some of the questions that that came up from people, there are how can we fund ourselves? How can we look after ourselves during this process? How can we um, you know make basically make it work and maintain the sanity within this? Um, One. The uh, thing that came to mind was that a friend of mine has a community that he, um, a, a, let's call it a community, a group of friends that he sees regularly and uh, after each meeting um, it, it transpires that the discussions are often about the problems and um, um, there's even a kind of sense of competitiveness between these, this group of friends. And I find that to be what we, as, as the regenerative community, are doing is that we we often complain or we have things to talk about, but we're not cross-pollinating the way that is that is doing uh, enough to help sustain each other. You know, what resources do we jointly have that we can put together to, to move forward is a is a question that comes to mind for, for us as a community and, and within any scale of friendly. So uh, this is this is these are my two questions. What what. What, you know, how can we talk about sanity and community beyond um, the group that we are presently, if, if we can't get it right ourselves? So I, I'd like to, to, to delve into that a bit personally. That's one of my questions.
0: Mm-hmm. So this um, invitation into Islands of Sanity, it, it's almost um, individually focused, but we actually need community we need those islands to be community we need um, we need each other in full diversity
2: you know the the scale i mean obviously you have to be whole uh, uh, as an individual Mm -hmm. uh, and and okay as an individual it's it's the rescue uh, for my rescue uh, diver training you have to be okay yourself first before you can do anybody else good you can't rescue anybody else or be good for anybody else if you're not fit and able and well equipped as an individual. So that goes without saying being the first, the first step, um, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: And somehow we need each other in that also each. at times. Yeah. And
2: then
0: the team. All right. Exactly. Yeah. Wonderful. All right. Servan, what would you share uh, about that thanks, question? Ben
1: and, thanks Ben and Jordi. I'm going to build up on that and, and not just repeat. There are things that are totally, that totally resonate. Um, uh, I wanted to reflect on first the definition of sanity. Yeah, it's health, but our understanding as an individual—what is, who are we? Where where we have sanity? Um, I spoke with various, you know, women in social businesses and, and activists in different communities, from Mexico to Lebanon, and they come to you one day and they say, "Oh, I'm." Um, to keep my sanity, I need to do X, Y, Z, and said, oh, let me explore what sanity means to you. What are the indicators of sanity? What, what, What's, how do you feel or what do you do? How do you react when you're, when you have is a sort of um, good level of sanity. And I think that, and they come back with regularly, this, came, this conversation comes back during various conversations, or coaching conversation or informal conversation. And they say sometimes, you know, well, actually what I define as sanity was not sanity at all when I come back onto it. I burnt out in, in the meantime, or, or I had a different family situation and what I found acceptable before, I wouldn't go back to, to that kind of context for all the gold in the world. So sanity, I think is a very volatile currency, has different meanings for one, you know, from one person to another, from, from one moment in your life to another moment in your life. And I think to be well equipped I think there are moments you feel equipped, you feel strong, and you just been on a course, and you say, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm good." <laughs> or you feel totally, you know, broken down because maybe you know a bit too, you bit, you know, a bit more about what qualifies as as a healthy life, and then suddenly you say, "Well, actually, I don't have this in my life." So, a volatile currency, and then having an island. I'll come back to that picturesque, you know, that that that, that visualization, as as Jody said. I think the island, um, what is the island made of? Is it a total, a small replication of the world as it is with these little conflicts and these little um, um, havens of, of, of um, plenitude, you know, water plants, things that feed you, that, that nurture you, and also things that destroyed you, moving sand, quick sands, what is the island made of? Or is it a totally sort of, a, 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 germ-free space <laughs> where it's totally blank uh, no coconut tree at all and you just isolate it so what's the context of what is that island and um, mm-hmm. so uh, to, to, to put it into a sort of more concrete uh, place uh, you know uh, the work I've been doing with the uh, women uh, in social entrepreneurship at the beginning i had this conversation but why you what do you do women on it was back in the days where it was not really trendy to do women's stuff you know especially there was no women there was no space there was space for women in business spaces or networks for women in, in communities you know in in um, uh, local communities but n- nothing much we're talking about 2004 five nothing nothing if nothing at all in the uk nothing for uh, women in social entrepreneurship yeah so that was a uh, it was just not heard of, um, and and as so the naysayers will always say, yeah, but why do you why do you put them why do you you know ostracize them? I'm not doing any ostracization. They're just come and having a good time. Thank you very much. So as opposed to an island uh, totally cut from the world, we were we were doing a sort of a, a, a suspended space, a, a space that was also safe, but that had a lot of bridges. Because the, 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 the point was not to ostracize anyone, it was not to remove people from, from their day-to-day life, uh, definitely, indefinitely. It was to really offer a space where they uh, were fine to disclose anything they wanted, to speak about accounts, or taxes, or pitch decks, but also uh, partners, spouses, LGBT rights, whatever or so even childcare, mm-hmm. they wanted to, but that was their prerogative. I was not just forcing any topic or, or anything in the kinds of women are not confident. So we should be speaking about that because that's not my gig, <laughs> I was just offering mm-hmm. a the same space for people to be able to talk together and to feel safe and, and, uh, and, and then suspend the time. So Island of Sanity for me was very much combining that understanding that everybody had a different definition of what sane means meant to them, but also creating a space that was uh, that could vanish at any time but but the, for which they had the, the secure the the sort of the understanding that, that it would come back for them it was there for them that it was not there to be permanent you know uh mm-hmm. it was also following a structure that they could replicate in their own businesses okay um uh, within teams or within their own networks and the designing was then what encompasses what sorry for my English, it was very late in the day for me, but um, the, the, the designing thing was a, a, a constant approach of questioning, am I sane? Is it what I really want? Do I, want, do I understand these people enough? Do I learn enough from these people? And sometimes uh, their little island was, uh, it was also uh, about themselves, removing themselves from that bubble, that social entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. To have a little mm-hmm. bit of a fresh outlook of the world as it really is, you know, at, at least for a moment in time.
0: Perfect.
1: So, cutting Perfect. yourself, breathing bridges, but cutting yourself out of, of your bubble from time to time.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. I love that idea of creating time and space to discern, to reflect on what, what does sane really mean? What does healthy and whole really mean for me in my context? And um, am I not just replicating? The same patterns that, I, that I've always been experiencing and living. I want to throw in a, a question. Uh, as I listened to you, Servan, talk about uh, helping women entrepreneurs, and Jody, I know that you've written recently about um, the importance of feminine energy in this work of regeneration. And Ben, I don't know your views on this, but I wonder if I can throw that out to anybody who would like to comment on it. Is there a uh, uh, a reason for uh, two out of the three of you having this kind of strong focus, is there some connection between um, what we might call feminine energy and regeneration?
1: Oh, I'm happy to jump in. Uh, First, uh, I just want to uh, stress that um, 60% in the UK of all social entrepreneurs, enterprise um, uh, are actually men. We both said 40 you percent know, are women but that means 60 percent are men so that means men mm-hmm. care men understand these things that there is some you know, we need to help out etc so um feminine energy uh, i i don't know it, it by uh, it's not innate but it's uh, what you call it in english that you uh, that you learn you learn to behave in the world because the world has been designed for a certain amount of time in such a way so women have to adapt and just where mm-hmm. and, and, and just to evolve in the in the place where they've been cornered for a while and then we might call that feminine energy so be it. Mm-hmm. so sure. so I just it's I don't always make friends about that couple feminist and I always said you know what it's not because we've been cornered that we should label ourselves that it's it, you know it's been imposed onto us so
0: sure okay all right uh, Jody. Yeah. Yeah.
2: i'd like to jump in just briefly because it's like this is this is a whole separate um that's a whole separate webinar we need to talk to discuss this but i'm, mm-hmm. I'm a little bit apprehensive to to call uh to call it feminine um i i tend to, to call it nurturing nurture culture is is what i write about and and the reason i do that is um um, because uh, this feminine energy or nurture uh, trait is something that is just as uh, apparent in, in men. It's not it's not uh, specific exactly. to the one or the other of the sexes. So this is something that uh, when, you, when we call it feminine energy, it tends to, to create a, a problem. Um, having said that, there are some biological facts that make it easier to access within women and there is the reality of the patriarchal system that we live under and this means that this um, this um, ability to, to create um, um, a regenerative uh, culture um, actually really depends on, on, on an ability to nurture. I mean, re- regeneration requires a, a certain degree of nurturing. And, and to, bring it, uh, to allow it to grow, as I was talking about the, the garden, I used the garden metaphor at the beginning, when You throw down the seeds. If you don't tend to those, to those seeds that you've thrown down, if you haven't created the fertile uh, situation, then you will not have a healthy uh, crop or garden um, and so these are these are you, you know you can step into the uh, arena of permaculture and uh, regenerative practices and wherever you go to there is a this sense of of, of nurturing um, so yeah i think that um i mean as i said i could talk about it for hours um there is something which is um i think um, should not be overlooked which is that there is um, a, a huge uh, latent power in uh, repressed people, not just women—it could be—we could be talking about the indigenous and all kinds of minority voices um, mm-hmm. around the world. And the 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 lost potential um, that exists within them, that, that has or within us, that has been oppressed through centuries of this this other track that we've gone down—is something that we really could uh, do with <laughs> invoking to see what what that potential could, could bring. And we shouldn't be scared of that. That's something that, um, that as, as a, a mainstream culture, we, we need to, to hold a very, very wide space for. Um, mm-hmm. And as I said, the biological fact, um, women have this uh, very um, emotional connection to, to existence through our, hormonal, our hormones, which I'm, I'm saying um, not as a point of weakness, it's a point of strength. That when you go through this kind of uh, emotional um, and physical physical uh, transition every month um, you're basically uh, your body is getting into the position of being able to create life every month and then if it doesn't and you shed in your menstrual cycle you're going through an incredible process every single month which uh, with all due respect to the men of the world uh, it's uh it is something that that uh, within it has as i said i've called this latent power and it's something that we could really do um we could do well to investigate uh, i don't think women were burnt at the stake uh, witches were burnt at the stake for nothing at the time they, this is this is one way to to oppress uh, society and if we want um a healthy and regenerative culture to emerge from within society we have to let these these voices and this wisdom this, this Womb wisdom, uh, minority voice wisdom, whatever it is, we we need to hear it speak. Like so I I could speak for hours. So I'm going to stop. <laughs> that was fantastic. Thank you, Jody. Thank you.
0: Yeah. and and Ben, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Uh, I think it's hysterical that I'm weighing in on this. Um, although uh, uh, although uh, my two primary mentors in this work are women, and um, and So, I guess I would build on what Servan and uh, Jody have been saying in that uh, I look at this kind of definitionally. I'm really interested in what distinguishes regenerative work from other kinds of work. What makes it regenerative and not merely, um, you know, sustainability work or something like that. And uh, so, for me, there are certain characteristics of regenerative work that are consistent with the qualities that that, uh, Jody and Sirvan were describing. One of them is it's primarily about wholeness, and it's about having respect for the wholeness of other beings, other people, other living systems, ecosystems. So that's one aspect for me of what that nurturance um, is dedicated to. A second aspect for me of, um, of what characterizes regenerative work, it's very interested in potential. So it's not a problem-solving approach. This is from my perspective. It is a potential-oriented approach. How do we call forward the inherent potential in living things, in living systems? And again, so that's when, when I hear the word nurturance, that's what I'm envisioning right, that we're working on calling forward the inherent potential in every living being, every human being, every class of being, uh, and every living system. Uh, A third characteristic that I associate with it is um, what you mentioned early on, Michelle, essence. What is the unique quality or qualitative characteristic of this being that they want to express and that they want to bring forward. Uh, And uh, so all of those things, I think, are, um, are the arenas within which this nurturing quality gets expressed. I suppose that for me, uh, because I'm so oriented to the idea of development that specifically what nurturance means for me is, is to call forward the inherent capacity in someone or something and help them grow that. Uh, and so, n- nurturance is always oriented to things like potential and the, the core characteristics. Of of whoever or whatever it is that I'm working with, so mm-hmm. you could say I kind of sidestep the issue of feminine masculine. It's really about what it means to really love and care for the living world.
0: Beautiful, fantastic, and I, I really like a phrase that that Jody used that uh, we need to investigate and create uh, a wide space for this wisdom, this love and care, right? That uh, hasn't always been the the leading approach over the past uh, decades and centuries. Really fantastic. So um, I thought we might move into some of the questions that we received from participants as they registered um, and see if we can find some uh, some tangible stories to share. I know that people are uh, hoping to hear some specific examples. Uh, I'm not sure that this is the question for that, but let's see. So the this is a paraphrase and a combination of a couple of questions that we received. So the idea is that um, the phrase self-organization, which is a, a, a characteristic of, uh, I think, of regenerative communities, um, The phrase self organization makes it sound effortless and easy. So are we doing it right if self organization actually seems to take a lot of work. (laughs) And another way of, of expressing it is what is the foundational work that makes self organization or ongoing regeneration happen within a community. So I'll just open it to anyone who likes who would like to take that on first.
3: Um, Well, I'll open with a thought Um, I mentioned uh, just a moment ago, the whole idea of development being core to how I think about this work. And um, so for me, self organization is really about uh, or requires the development of capacity to be able to engage in self organizing work. Uh, So One of the reasons that self-organization really is work is that it requires everyone involved to develop their capacity for it to be regenerative. It's not simply about um, divvying up the tasks, you know, (laughs) figuring out what the work list is and divvying it up. Self-organization within a regenerative context has to do with an ongoing developmental learning process that everyone is involved in to be able to take on increasingly complex and challenging questions, issues. um, And uh, so uh, self-organization, therefore, uh, is something that's grown. Uh, It's not necessarily given. It's something um, that needs to be grown within a given community
0: do you have a, a an example of how this happens or a, a quick story of how a community does this work of ongoing um, developmental learning
3: yeah um, I'll, one of the communities that I'm really excited about um, and have been working with quite a bit in recent years is Auckland New Zealand where Mara is right now and um We've been doing education programs in Auckland for the last, I've lost track, four or five years, uh, and they taught us to work at the community level, the, the group that formed there, um, because they could, they could see that we're so far away being based in Europe and the U.S. that they needed to develop their own kind of core strength. Uh, And so, as a result, there are maybe, I don't know, 120 uh, practitioners, people who are, have come through the programs that we offer. And um, they have been working together in a host of different arenas. They meet quarterly in order to continue their own educational process. So, they usually move around from project to project site within Auckland. Uh, and gather the intelligence of the community as a whole to work on these various projects and efforts. Um, and beyond that, what's really interesting is um, they've begun to organize themselves to start shifting and moving larger systems. So uh, one of the things that quite a few of the people who've been through the program have been focused on is how to move the city of Auckland itself. Right. It's a governing structure um, and how to build it into the city's um, bureaucracy, how to build it into a variety of offices and how to build it into the planning process uh, for these two harbors or bays that the city lies between. Um, And that's been really interesting because the work has been going on from the public sector, the private sector, and the NGO or nonprofit community. They've all been sort of collaborating and figuring out ways to be able to shift larger systems. I think that's one of the things that makes self-organizing developmental is when you're organizing to accomplish something that you didn't start knowing how to do right Mm -hmm. that's that's the thing that provides the impetus right the the engine for actually doing the self-organizing that we have to get Mm -hmm. together and we have to learn in order to be able to take this one on and one Mm -hmm. of the things that's quite exciting at the moment is that it may be making the step up now to the national level very nice
0: very nice so Margaret Wheatley might say it's, these are kind of morphing and mobile and expanding islands of sanity that these communities are, are developing together. Really nice. Devon and Jody, Jody, it looks like maybe you have something to share.
2: Um, yeah, I, I think I can, uh, um, I don't know if it's, it's exactly adding something because I can't add, <laughs> add to that, but in a, in a, a, a smaller parallel. Um, and maybe for people who who are listening who are working on small-scale projects, um I, I've found the it to be very difficult to, to create something that is self-organizing because it became, if, if you don't have the foundation in place, it, it fragments. And uh this is what I think the reason the question was asked is because people are having this difficulty and, and no doubt they will, we will, and, and we will be faced with failure in this. Um one of the things that happens is that when you allow there to be autonomy of course there has to be within it um uh, then it means that as as, as ben really well said it, it it becomes something that you didn't envisage in the first place um on a small scale uh, what what i've been doing is to to try and create uh, one of the projects we're working on is to create dialogue uh, between the, uh, polarized um people within communities and uh, so we we um, working together with them and exhibiting dialogue skills and using creative questions and things like that just to to facilitate um, a, the kind of level of discussion that these, uh, and it's between women. So it's, uh, uh, this is, it's basically providing them with a set of tools, dialogue tools. And what we're trying to do is to empower champions to take this on so that we are no longer a part of the structure um, and that we don't we don't have to attend uh, the meetings anymore, and that they themselves will be able to take it take it on. So it's not so much I don't know if it's, it's we can call it self organizing in terms of that you know it's it's maybe not a system uh, per se, but it, what it is is the skill of uh, communication which seems to be uh, core for everything. So that, you know, that, I just wanted to add that, that it's a smaller scale thing, it doesn't always work, uh, but it's, uh, it's uh, a little bit of momentum towards that.
0: Sure. It, it really seems that, that the dialogue tools are key to enabling people to be in relationship with each other um, in a way that supports self-organization to, to be grown, as Ben said. Really good. And Simone, do you want to share from your experience supporting women creating spaces? How do you support them? Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: yeah, so uh, um, It's so the the key work for me has been to how can I re so i create a a kind of monster that is a, a support process for women in social Enterprises, but very rapidly I say oh there's something very dangerous here if I'm I don't want to be at the center of that hub because that's not healthy people you know people are very good at uh, they should be very good at organizing themselves and, and and don't have to go through us to connect with each other so we spent a lot of time trying to create processes by which they could engage with each other without having to come through us which was great uh, and uh, and and trusting that they were doing great work in the process uh, the only thing that of course selfishly we wanted to know hey did that conversation between you led to anything? Because we'd like to know how good things happen, why good things happen, or what, what, what they used in the process to make things happen. Uh, so that's one, one place. I think that and a community- Can
0: I ask a question about that? You say yeah. that you're putting, putting participants, the women together, and you're trusting that some good things will happen. And you just want to know, did that work? Was there something about the structure that gave you that trust?
1: so there was um as jody said, the tools that we use and uh, the communication tool is is uh, is uh, essentially the coaching tool so by by really dem- modeling coaching all the time not to make them life coaches or business coaches or whatever you uh by modeling the the and, and syst- systematically using questioning uh not giving answers per se to to their own questions <laughs> not giving answers per se to their own questions but say hey what, would, what could you put in place that you know in your community that's most relevant but i did top you know give me top three things you could try out now but i'd be you know the questioning methodology all the time because they could take that away and say wait a minute on my little island of sanity or insanity the only thing that i've got left is the capacity to ask questions and then to connect with others to engage in the conversation so what i wanted to say is you could self I don't know if, if, if self-organizing communities do ever exist. They might exist again for three weeks. Or they might exist with, for a longer period of time, but with four people. So be it. That's great. <laughs> as long as people don't lose themselves, don't destroy themselves or each other, don't bully each other. But as long as they make something happen and they're perfectly happy and they don't harm anyone. So I'm not too fussed about the size of it uh as long as something happens and, and there's no there's no uh, casualties um uh ag- again the, the, your your community will be as good as your worst networker as your worst connector mm-hmm. you can be the best connector your best you know the best uh, connector expert. in what if one person in the community is not bothered or has something else to do because you know their family has known some drama of any kind, and they're they haven't got the headspace for that. But they still stay around, but they're not really out, you know. If it creates a, the kind of vacuum in the in the network, um, then you're going to be. This energy is going to pull that circle out. It's like I'm playing a. I'd, I'd like to give a metaphor, um, I've been practicing, uh, uh, practicing capoeirista for, for a while, capoeira is a, a Brazilian martial art, and this is a great example of how, what, what happens. So you people, players are in a circle, two, two uh, people in the middle of the circle will uh, engage in some sort of fighting without touching each other, and there is some music and drumming and singing against, uh, uh, to, to accompany these two fighters and in that circle the circle that surrounds them is part of that game as well because they support they've got energy to bring that game up and to to guide the game as well with the music etc but if someone is like you know uh picking the nose not there for x reason it creates it creates a vacuum in the circle and you can see naturally the players are just sucked out of that circles naturally and just and and it just doesn't make sense anymore so your, your a self-generating community will be as good as their worst networker or their worst mm-hmm. connector. So that means you need to create, a, 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 so don't have a, a ideas of, of, of grandeur. Keep it small, if it needs to be small, as long as you keep that energy
3: mm-hmm. and accept
1: that it will last what it lasts. Now, mm-hmm. it's hard to say when you have to put in place you know, new systems in local authority, for instance, but I think what Ben said, when people are used uh, to when they learn about these practices, it becomes a second nature for them. They just don't question it. Just they just do these. These uh, they use the coaching. They use the participatory methodologies. They uh, engage various people at the decision making or the design play or the design table, and it becomes a sort of natural way to do things. And that's what I found with, you know, all these decades of working with uh, women in social enterprise, that it worked best when uh, a, a diverse group of people were called around the decision making table or the design mm-hmm. table, and also were free enough to call them, you know, the BS when it was plain BS in front yeah. of them. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, that's just one aspect, and I could go on and on for various, various Thank practices.
0: you. Thank you. That's amazing. So I'm hearing um, that the, the dialogue tools and the practice of, of coaching and um, gathering around questions is vital um, or in a, a, a practice of exploring what's possible through questions more than advice. And I wonder. Um, I I'd actually just like to o- open it up. We've got nine minutes left, and I wonder if we can do another round of of what else do we need to know about um, designing islands of sanity? How do we design islands of sanity? Can I, based on what you've heard from e- each other, what are you feeling an urge to to share this one more thing? Uh,
2: I think one sort of. Sh- going out to the macro, I'll, I'll stay in at the, at the micro level. Um, I think that uh, everybody who, 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 who pays attention to this discussion will be in the midst of their journey and that it's just definitely really challenging. Um, I think to uh, to create an island of sanity it's a very personal thing, everybody has their own way of doing it. I, I found myself extremely Overwhelmed with various things that are going on in my life, so I took myself off and did some, some watercolours. Uh, you know, I, everybody has their own, own way of, of, of doing something that will actually help them um, meet a sort of point of, uh, of personal well being. Uh, and, and I think that from taking it on the, I think uh, Ben uh, in his talk, which hopefully will be linked here, uh, really, really interesting. Um, talk where we talk about nestedness and and the systems within systems at the cellular level the systems within our bodies have to be sustained and nourished and nurtured and so you know i'm seeing it on a very very um, very small the smallest possible scale of, of taking care of ourselves and the groups outside of us and i don't mean just literally in the locality it could be our online groups as well because a lot of people have uh, work on uh, through online communities, whatever, whatever it is, just take it out slowly, slowly. It, and and don't be afraid to contract and, and expand, you know, you, on your, when you feel that the island could be a continent, let it be a continent, invite everybody over and, and, and use your strengths and your powers and on times when you need to contract back into yourself and, and just regroup, um, do it and ask for help. That's the last thing I'm going to say, um, I think, regarding it, is is we we really need to learn how to offer help and ask. We offer help, I think, when we see it's needed. We're likely to do that amongst us. But we're very unlikely. um, And um, most of my circle meetings, whenever whoever the people are that we're talking with, it it, it always turns out that people are very reluctant to ask for help. So to see where we can cross-pollinate and where we can collaborate, we can start to have those conversations. So, yeah um look after ourselves and each other minds and hearts and then it can become meaningful action
0: perfect ben and Savannah, would you like to offer some parting thoughts
3: well i'll go off on a slightly different tangent um which is that um i two things that i said earlier that might that i want to sort of tease out and highlight uh one has to do with caring that i think that ultimately this work has as its anchor caring and that one of the things that makes a community viable as a community is a sense of caring about something in common Uh, so one of the reasons our work has primarily focused on place is because place is what all people in a place-based community share in common and it's what they all have the potential to care about in common. So that's one of the things that I just wanted to underscore. And the other was I I mentioned how important it is to have something that you're stretching toward, that for people to work together in a self-organizing way as a community, they um, ideally need to be one, caring about what they're working on, and two, collectively stretching um, to learn and grow toward it, uh, and that's actually the source of energy for um, the kind of change processes that we're talking about. so uh, those that's will be fantastic. my. Closing. <laughs> it's really
0: good and it's uh, it's kind of what I was hoping would come out as we talked about the, the tools and the ways of interacting that are so supportive of regeneration, but uh, there's also the need for this um, galvanizing force, that is, um, we gather around what we care about and in order to move in a certain direction or um, to express a certain potential that we sense. We we do that through our interactions. So thank you for rounding that out a bit. And Savannah, so um, you have yes. a couple of I minutes. Think, can you share something?
1: yes, I think I'm gonna be quick. I think the there's um the there's create the island of, of sanity as you Jody said, you're asking for help and and um, or find someone who can support you into be able to ask for help that's uh, that's uh, maybe the first step i just want to share that because i know that for some people who are listening that's the elephant in the room how do we pay for all this i just want to give a little beacon of hope um funders angels uh so depending on what you need or what your legal status uh can uh, allow you to uh, the kind of money that your legal status enable you to take on um they're very interested in this and you see the birth of a lot of collectives of funders uh we'll be sitting around a table and really brainstorm together and say how can we make something a bit different how can we pull our egos or the, the egos of our funders of our own found- founders or corporate founders aside and really design something that adds value to a certain cause and uh, i'm thinking about for instance the collective the first um uh, uh one of the first community uh, collective funds like this called with and for girls uh, big funders have pulled together some money and the money has been, um, and, and money goes to um, uh, projects that uh, fund, uh, that support girls in their own community all over the world. But girls, and I'm sorry, adolescent girls are making the decision of where the money is going and they pull together and they meet and they work together. So um, that's just an example there. If you look at collective uh, funding, funders collective, there's a lot is happening and that supports as well the regeneration, uh, regenerative communities, sorry beautiful
0: thank you for bringing that up Sarah. thank you so much and and that's what i'm seeing in the world as well and and in conversations i've had over the years about how do you know if something is a project or a community is regenerative one of the answers is it's magnetic and it attracts people energy and money so there's there's um it's kind of a chicken and egg do you create the conditions for regeneration in order to get the money do you get the money in order to create regeneration somehow it's it's together. So we're, we're just about at the end of our hour. I want to thank you all so much. This was a really rich and wonderful conversation. This has been wonderful. Thank you.